Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans, by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to not only another episode of All Turns No Breaks, but our last episode of All Turns No Breaks for the 2020 season. It is bittersweet, and I couldn't have done it without my two wonderful friends that I'm talking about, my girl Tam and my man Kenny. How are you guys doing? It's the last one. I wish you guys can see the smile on my face because it is big. <laughs> All three of our faces. Man, you guys have no idea. As a listener, you just listen. But the work that goes on behind the scenes to do a podcast is a lot. And I am happy to say what Renee said, that it is the last episode for the season. It's, it's bittersweet because we love NASCAR. Don't get us wrong. And for our faithful listeners like Patrick, shout out to Patrick. We see you. We appreciate you. Thank you yes, for sir. listening to the podcast every week. Yes, thank you. You know that the NASCAR season itself is a grind. And then to do a podcast, it's a grind. Yeah, so I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm happy and I'm sad. I'm happy because Chase won the championship. Yes, ma'am. He was not my pick. As you guys know, I really, 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 really wanted Denny Hamlin to win. But I said this and I'll say it again. If Denny couldn't win, my second choice obviously was going to be Mr. Chase Elliott. Dude, I remember... When Chase wasn't even legal. And yeah. I said this to him. That's what's so crazy. I remember one time in Vegas, I made a comment to him. I was like, oh, you're not even legal. <laughs> <laughs> and just think the young guy is 24 going on 25. I know. That's crazy. God, that's crazy. <laughs> I think, you know what, Tam? I think we said the sa almost the same thing about when we were interviewing Alex Bowman. I think he was just, I think maybe he... He was either 20, going on 21, or he had just turned 21. And, and Kenny, me and Tam sat there and just, we were laughing and we just smiled at each other. And, and we told each other just like, oh my God, this kid is barely, you know, able to buy a, a, an, an alcoholic drink. <laughs> and this kid is about to just step into a world that is just absolutely amazing for a kid that age, though. You know, but he, like Alex Bowman, you know, Chase was ready for it. And even more so now that we see him as the 2020 champion. One thing to that, I just had a flashback to being in Las Vegas for championship week. And it was the year that Tony Stewart had the tequila bottle. And you know, my memory is always foggy, but I remember them passing it around and they passed it to, was Chase? Yeah, and I, I can't recall, but nonetheless, I'm happy for the young guy. Well, Kenny, I, what say you? What's going on with you? How do you feel about the seat? Well, here's the thing before Kenny answers. We're done, but Kenny still works for the <laughs> for the company. So what do you do? What What do you guys do when the season is over? I know there's still work to be done, but what's up with you? What, what, what's on your agenda? 
<laughs> well, for anybody that wants to get like a little bit of like an insight on what goes on, I will tell you, at least from my perspective, for me, since I have more responsibility with respective tracks in NASCAR now, the focus is now going straight towards ticket renewal, getting ready for tickets for next year. I know it's it's crazy to say like, yo, we're right here at the end of the season and it's getting ready to get to that point where everything kind of goes quiet. But in reality, there's a, a ton of work that goes behind the scenes to get things ready, to get people aware of tickets, get people ready for even for next season, talking about what just happened this season, reflecting on that. So it's just a ton of that, like in the background that people don't really know about that gets everything prepared for next season. But for me, it's not as hectic as when everything is happening. Everything is a whole, a whole lot calmer. You can think straight. You can hear yourself think. <laughs> After 38, after 38 long weeks of racing every, almost every single week, practically. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be refreshing to have a little bit of a break, especially when we come up on, on the holiday the holiday weekend, Thanksgiving and Christmas, of course, getting ready for those two holidays. So, yeah, it's going to be relaxing, but kudos to Chase. Like, I still remember when I was in college, I think I was a soft, either a freshman or a sophomore in college, and um, for him... I remember everyone was going crazy about Chase, and he was one of those guys that was in that same class with Corey and Bubba and all of them and Ryan Blaney. And I'm like, man, I hope this guy's the real deal. I know he's Bill Elliott's son, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's something to live up to. And then I remember watching him win his Xfinity Championship in 2014. And when he won that race in Darlington, I will never forget. I'm like, yeah, now that kid is the truth. He's going to be something. And, well, lo and behold, 24 years young. He's got himself a NASCAR Cup Series champion championship. It's pretty crazy. I just want to touch on something real quick on, on one point that you said, Kenny, and just a quick point of what you were talking about earlier, Tam. Kenny, I just want to say as far as what you were talking about, what I thought was uh, fantastic was when they were interviewing Bill Elliott right after the race and Chase was uh, in, you know, in the winner's circle and doing all the stuff. And they were asking him just about like what he had told Chase, you know, before the race and and it was funny because he said, you know, well, Hick, he goes, all I told him was like, listen, all you got to do is beat three cars. But then the funny thing was, is that he said, yeah, but <laughs> I didn't realize what I said until after I already said it. And he goes, all you have to do is beat three cars. But those are pretty damn three good cars that you have to beat. So it's not like you just got to beat any three cars. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about, so you know where I'm going with this. And I started laughing. I started laughing at the TV and I was like, well, yeah, man, that's easy for you to say. It would have been okay if it would have been like any other three. But those three, you're talking about some really good drivers there. And then going back to the point of what Tam was talking about with Smoke and, and that one time that we saw and that we went to the ending of the season there in, in Vegas and everybody was passing around the tequila bottle. The one thing that saddens me is that because of this year being the pandemic year and the whole COVID thing is that we're not going to be able to see that this year because that was actually really a fun part of the whole season is wrapping it up, seeing that come down to an end. And seeing those drivers get up on stage all at the same time and do something like that. And that I will kind of miss about the season in, in itself. You know what? I was listening to you guys attentively and so many things were popping up. But Renee, it's interesting that you talked about Champions Week. Kenny, as you know, Renee knows this was supposed to be the first year that it was going to be in Nashville. And That's right. The CS. Yeah. Hopefully was going to be the start of something with NASCAR returning back to Nashville. But that got nixed. 
So I feel really bad for Chase because you, like, honestly, he made the playoffs all four or five years, right? That he's been racing or no? I feel like he has. I think he has too. Yeah. Uh, no, I, think, but, I believe but, so. Yeah, we could probably get maybe somebody yeah, to look so, that up. So saying that to say, it's like, you know, to be there to celebrate all the previous championships and champions, and now that you're the champ, there's no real celebration. I will commend NBC and NASCAR. I think they did a great job in honoring Jimmy Johnson. There was a lot of coverage for Jimmy's last race. What I did not like is that there was no coverage whatsoever and barely a mention of Clint Boyer's last race. And ironically, after the fact, I saw a video that Fox had did that where Cash, his son, interviewed him, which I thought was the best thing ever. And I said, oh, maybe NBC didn't give Clint any shine because Clint is now going in the booth for Fox. Yeah. But I was like, that, that shouldn't be. But that's the only logical thing that I can think of because there was only one or two times that it was mentioned that this was Clint Boyer's last race. And Clint may not be a champion, but damn it, Clint offers something for the sport. And he was a shining personality in NASCAR. And there will never be another Clint Boyer. And to be quite honest, I personally think that he was entertaining these last years. Like we used to talk a lot about personality. It's it's so funny how this podcast has evolved into different conversations over the years. But remember, we used to always talk about personality. Yeah. Then we mm-hmm. were always talking about the changing of the guard. It, it's crazy because I don't know what we talk about now, but what we should have been talking about was Clint Boyer's last race. I just felt that there was no real acknowledgement and it was a little disappointing just personally. That's my thoughts. And what else did I want to say? I was listening to you guys. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this to say. I got this to say. (laughs) And now it's my turn. And I forgot what I wanted to say, but I definitely wanted to acknowledge Clint Boyer. And oh, going back to what awesome Bill from Dawsonville had to say about his son and the advice he gave him about he only needed to be three. To me, it became very apparent at the beginning of the race, the middle of the race, and towards the end of the race, that it was a race between two men, Joy Logano and Chase Elliott. Yeah. Denny, you know, they ran one, two, three, four, it seems like pretty much the whole race, with the exception of, we haven't even talked about the fact that, let's acknowledge the fact that Chase Elliott started from the back and worked his way up. Like, that's crazy in itself, but. They ran one, two, three, four for the most part, all the race. However, you knew it wasn't Brad Keselowski's day. I don't know how to explain it, but I knew it wasn't his day. Yeah, I think it was kind of apparent that it it, it probably wasn't going to be Brad's day. Well, I personally had a feeling I was like, well, okay, Denny was a little off himself. But if anybody could have pulled it together, it might have been Denny. And then it just it just never it never happened. I also think and Kenny, you can chime in on this. It just felt that once Chase melted in the air, in the cockpit or whatever. Well, I guess it's not a cockpit because it's a car. I don't know what it is. What What is it? I don't know. In the car. Yeah, he can call it that. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is, really. I mean, it's, it's a rocket ship, if you ask. 
Well, it was like how sharks smell blood in the water. And I'm actually watching Meg. So maybe that's just a reference to the Meg. But once the shark smells the blood in the water, it's over it. Something just felt like, okay, once Chase, Chase just turned it on and it was a wrap and you knew it was his race to lose. Period. End of discussion. Honestly, I, I thought he was rolling. When they announced on Sunday, he was coming from the back. I'm like, man. He's probably going to have a whole lot more in his mind. He's like, look, all I got to do is just do my thing. First days, do what I got to do. Keep myself clean. Don't beat myself up because there's plenty of time. And plus, last year in the same exact race where he was trying to get himself into the championship for, he was on a roll. Unfortunately, he wrecked towards the very, the middle or the end of that race. And that completely axed his chance of making a championship for a homestead last year. So, Coming back here, he seemed like he was a man on a mission. They had a really, really damn good car. Whether it was a short run or it was a long run, it seemed like Chase had both. And I think that's where Denny seemed to lack. His long run car just was not there. He complained a ton to Gebhard about the fact that his car was incredibly tight. For those that don't know, loose race car was fast race car. But for him, that was the common thing I kept hearing on his radio constantly was the car was too tight, car was too tight. No matter what they did, it didn't matter. But early on, when it was him in Logano early, he had contended for a moment. I'm like, okay, so he's got a way to get around him. And same thing with Brad Keselowski. He seemed like he be, he was pretty good in, up in the PJ1 or the darker area of the track at the time. But once that eventually faded away, there was really no no more of that. Him and Chase went at it for a little bit, but Chase got the better of him. And like I said, had a good long run and a short run car. There was just... It seemed like there was no denying him whatsoever, and I promise you, the history books seem to not deny him either, because I'll give this fact out, and for my LA folks, like you guys, so the Los Angeles Lakers obviously won the championship, the Dodgers won a championship, Bill Elliott won the championship in 1988, Oh my! God. and there, I can't remember who the nine car was in, in cart or IndyCar, the nine car won the championship that year. And guess who won the championship in IndyCar this year? Scott Dixon, number nine. And you got two nines in motorsports, and you got the two top LA teams winning the championship. Oh, History repeats wow, itself. It's crazy. So bizarre. What a bizarre stat. Oh, my God. That's why we exactly. love you, Kenny. That's why we love you, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so I don't know. So much happened this season. Any memories that you guys have from this season? Like, what's the one thing that was like, Holy crap. Hmm. Man. Honestly? Wow, man. To be honest with you, I think the whole buildup in the restart was pretty crazy in itself. Like, getting back to racing again was crazy. That first night we had, it was the first midweek race that we had all season. And between Chase and Kyle Busch, I will never forget when Chase flipped that man off. I think from that point on, he was like, look, it's game on. And hell, look at look what happened in November. He ended up winning the damn championships. Crazy. Yeah. That's one, I guess, in racing in the rain in the Roval for Xfinity. That was crazy. So yeah, those are two of my, my favorite moments, I'd say, honestly. I think uh I think for me my, the one moment that just stood out to me was probably Matt De Benedetto and coming oh so close. To win in that, that race that, and it was almost like deja vu again. And Denny Hamlin just says at the last minute, nope, I think you're going to have to wait again because I'm going to win this race. 
again. And that just, I don't know, I felt so bad for him. I felt so bad for Matty D. And I really honestly thought that he was going to win that race. And I was so happy for him. And I think the reason why it stuck out in my head so bad too was how emotional how emotional he was after that race when they interviewed him. I mean, the guy was, he was trying to hold back those tears so bad. And I just felt so bad for him, you guys. Like, I was like, you know what? Not only do, do I, I hope he comes back. I hope he gets a car. And I hope he wins a race early in the season next year. Because I really felt so bad for that guy, man. I just, <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like I wanted to cry for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that really stood out to me the entire season out of all things. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, for me, the season was lackluster. There wasn't really that ba-boom moment. I have some memories from this season. I remember being in Las Vegas for the race. (laughs) I miss seeing all my NASCAR folks. And when I say my NASCAR folks, those are the pit crew guys, the PR people, the media people, just the the NASCAR folks. Like, I... I've emailed with a couple of people, but I really miss being at the track. So that, I miss that is too. that's not a OMG moment for me, but it's definitely a OMG memory. So I miss being at the track this season. And I guess a memory for me would be oh, Bubba, when everybody got behind his car. Yeah. Thought that was pretty cool, pretty interesting. And Jimmy, like, the fact that Jimmy is gone, that is, like, a big thing for me because as long as I've been a fan, Jimmy has raced. And as you guys may or may not know, a lot of the interviews that I've done, dude, I was in Charlotte at, what's that track, Kenny? Not Charlotte Motor Speedway, but the one that they do the drag racing. Oh, the uh, Z-Max Dragway? Yeah. So I was there, and I was a guest of Valvoline, but I got a chance to be there and interview Jimmy Johnson and Dale Jr. This is like a thousand years ago. They were filming a commercial, and I got an exclusive like behind-the-scenes with those guys and got wow. a chance to interview them and hang out. I think about that because these are drivers. When I first came in the sport, these are the drivers that I had met and right. interviewed and to see every single driver gone. Like they're gone. There's no one left except Chase. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I've interviewed Chase like four times already and got a chance to hang out with him on multiple multiple occasions and Alex is still there but the core drivers that from when I came in a sport are all gone not a single one of them are left like nobody my first ever driver interview was Jamie McMurray gone wow Dale Jr. Man. gone like nobody nobody's there gone it's everybody's gone crazy Kenny you're the stat guy, and I know we talked about this earlier, but can you read off all the drivers that have left since Mark Martin? I think that's a great place to start because I remember being in Indianapolis, and I, I was like, oh, this, again, this is like a decade plus ago, and I was like, oh, that old man's a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Mark was the man. <laughs> yeah, again. Like, grandfather's driving out there? <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, it's like when I met 
Richard Petty for the first time. I didn't know who Richard Petty was, but I knew he was somebody. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I knew he was somebody. And then quickly <laughs> within 30 seconds to a minute, all these people are like, oh, my God, the king, the king, the king. I was like, oh, I'm talking to the king. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I remember I was in Gasoline Alley. So if you've been to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you guys know what Gasoline Alley is. I was leaving the track and Mark Martin was actually walking on the track. He had that little old man walk, a little hunched over, just a snidget. <laughs> and I, I was like, he not a crew guy. I just knew he was somebody. And I was walking by myself and he was walking by himself. And we passed and he was like, how you doing? And I was like, hi. Again, it's <laughs> like, these are the memories that I have from decade plus ago when I first came in the sport. And granted, if you listen to this podcast, you know, the way I came in a sport, I had access since day one. So when I tell these stories, a lot of it is because the way I came into the sport. But yeah, I was walking from the track in the back to the garages. And I was like, oh, okay, Mark Martin. I, again, I didn't know his name at that point. But I quickly, by the end of the day, knew who he was. But yeah, Kenny, <laughs> do you know or can you tell our listeners just a reminder and a refresher of the drivers who have gone and you don't have to list every one of them, but who's left since Mark Martin? And before you read that list, I know Cole is not on your list, but I want to give a shout out to Cole, the ginger lion, because I've interviewed him two or three times. And I actually like Cole, but yeah, go ahead. And he's no longer <laughs> talking about Cole so Wit, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, real quick before before you go, get it, does it matter which Cole it is? the The name Cole, you should just like anyway. <laughs> How cool is that name? Just Cole. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't talking about Cole Custer. I was talking about Cole Wit, the Ginger Lion. For those who don't know or who have a, a hard time. Remembering Cole, I don't even know what what number Cole used to drive, but yeah, I've yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hung out with him a couple of times because of sponsors. So he just so happened he now he stayed with a good sponsor. Like that's the crazy thing for drivers that are struggling with sponsors. I'm like, dude, when Cole Cole had a lot of good sponsors because that's how I was introduced to him. But in event, without further ado, Kenny, give it to us. What? <laughs> It's crazy you mentioned Mark Martin is one of like your first people of memory. And the craziest thing is going back to 2013 when he retired. The fact that he raced for 31 years is insane. He raced, started in 81 and cup and continued on further. And you go further back, he's been around or he was around for quite a bit of time, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, just going back from like 2013, we're talking about the Jeff Gordon. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, Michael Waltrip, Jeff Burton, who is on NBC now, Jeff B Greg Biffle, he's semi-retired. He came back and raced the trucks and whooped up on everybody in Texas um, <laughs> last summer, which is crazy. Brian Vickers, Marcus Ambrose, the Aussie, Jimmy Johnson, obviously now. Matt Kenseth apparently is in that ballpark now. I think he's about done is what I'm thinking. And a lot of other people, Clint Boyer, obviously, Danica Patrick, Jamie McMurray, Brendan Gaughan retired this year. I don't know if people really know that much because it kind of went under the radar. Paul Menard and Casey Kane are just a couple names that I can think of like right off the top of my head. But yeah, it's crazy to see how much has changed so much through NASCAR. And the thing is, 
I've been watching for so long since I was a kid that I've seen all this change happen so drastically. It's kind of crazy. Like, I mean, the Mark Martins, the Jeff Burtons, the Greg Biffles, they were all still running and they were still pretty good when I was a kid. And even when I was in high school in college, it's crazy how much has changed and how many people have moved over. But I will say that moment with Jimmy Johnson and Chase when they were both at the start finish line on Sunday, it almost just literally signified what we have talked about plenty of times on this podcast. It's the change in the guard from Jimmy Johnson to Chase and it's crazy. I just don't know how to take it in sometimes, but I guess I don't have as much affiliation with a driver as I used to when I was a kid. Obviously, Jeff Burton was my guy. When he retired, I was like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's just wow. It's, it's just incredibly wow how much we've changed. And honestly, I don't think we are done seeing that type of change, at least from big names coming up in the next few years, like Kevin Harvick, for example. Is somebody I could think of, maybe. Maybe retire Keselowski, maybe, you know, they're getting up there in age. So it's just like, well, what are they going to do next? Who knows? But yeah, it's going to be a youth movement and it's going to keep happening at this rate. I will go out on a limb and say one of these three guys that I'm about to name will be next. Either Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, or Ryan Newman. Oh, I can wow. see all three on your list. That's the craziest thing. I can see all three. Yeah. I can see, I can see two of them next year. If anything. Yeah, I think I could see two of them. I think the if I had to pick one out of those three that might not do it, that's probably the one that's going to go, ah, you know what? I think I'll give it one more try. It's probably Harvick, but I can totally see Kurt and I can totally see Ryan Newman saying, you know what? I've had a good time here and NASCAR has, has been really good to me, but it, it, I'm walking away. Kevin Harvick could probably be the only one that I think that that would stick around for one more one more run. I can see Ryan this year, matter of fact. Like, it may be under the radar, but he is that type of person. He was never going to give or want to have, like, a year-long type deal where it's like a thank you tour. I, I couldn't see that. He's a very under-the-radar guy. If, yeah. If he was one that did it, and especially— Very good statement there, Kenny. Very true. Especially after what happened in Daytona. I Honestly, if that was me, I'm not going to lie. He ain't got nothing to lose at this point, so to speak. He's had a, a plentiful career. I probably would hang it up if I was him. Not going to lie. That would have shook me out of my core. I would have probably been like, yeah, it's a wrap. But we never know. Of course, we've got a long way to go in the offseason still. I can see him calling it quits, but I think he had to come back mentally just to prove it to himself. But at this point, I can see him calling it quits because he's not competitive. So why risk everything if you read in between the lines of some of what Jimmy Johnson has said, and even Kevin Harvick, I think the drivers are starting to feel as if, I don't want to say there's no point, but there will never be a seven-time champ. I don't care what anybody say. The system is just not designed for that. And will we see a back-to-back -back champ? Maybe. Not likely, because the system is not set up for that. So if you are a driver from that era, you have to ask yourself, like, what, what is the point? You know, I mean, obviously you make money and you're competitive and you love the race, but realistically, like Kevin Harvick just sounded defeated when he was talking, but in a sarcastic way. But he's, again, from a different era. So we'll see. Kyle Busch will probably drive until the wheels fall off. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise 100%. me. 100%. <laughs> 
He gonna yeah. go. He's gonna go like Mark Martin length, if anything, career wise. I can see something like that. Honestly, I think you would physically have to try to remove a Kyle Busch <laughs> from NASCAR. And Tam, you're about right on that one. Oh, I don't know what else is there. This is our final episode of the season. Well, we're gonna come stat. back probably maybe in December or early January. We'll just do an update podcast. But for now. We've talked about the race. We've talked about those NASCAR drivers of the past. You guys want to talk a little bit about the future. Kenny, if you want to talk about the new drivers coming in that are coming up from Xfinity into the Cup Series. Well, before I talk a little bit, I guess, about some of that, weirdly enough, I got one more weird stat before we close out this season. So the champions this weekend. I'm going to do them in order, matter of fact. Your Xfinity champion was Austin Cindric, who will move up in 2022 in that same ride where Matt Benedetto is. He won his first Xfinity championship. He's 22 years old. Sheldon Creed is 23 years old. He won the truck championship on Friday. He's also our ARCA champion, which is crazy. And Chase Elliott, he's 24 years old. He won the cup championship. So 22, 23, 24. Some of the youngest guys in the sport ended up winning the championship this weekend. It's crazy. It is insane. But I'm excited for Chase Briscoe. Honestly, he's the one I'm looking at the most in terms of like rook in terms of like rookies coming up next year. He's gonna be quite special. I thought he definitely had a shot at winning the Xfinity title this past weekend, but didn't work out for him. Unfortunately, he had a hell of a season. Won nine races. He he was on fire. The man had a great year. There was no denying him. So. It'll be interesting to see how he moves up, but pretty much most of the guys that are in Xfinity now are going to end up staying, like Harrison Burton, for example, or Riley Herbst. They're all going to end up staying another year, which is fine for them. Same thing with Cindric. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how things change past next year because the new car is getting ready to come out in 2022. It was supposed to debut this year, but because of COVID, testing couldn't finish. So yeah, it'll It'll be interesting because the new car is what a lot of people are really hoping for. That's the answer to a lot of different things, which I don't know if it will be. Nobody does because we haven't seen it in full-fledged racing action yet. But I got to say, we had a hell of a season. Honestly, hell of a season across the board. I enjoyed it. I I said it was going to be a a relatively dud year, but turned out to be pretty good, honestly. Well, we'll see what happens next year. The countdown to Daytona is on. Is it what seventy nine days to Daytona? Ninety seven days? What, what don't is it? don't say it. No, hold on, wait, hold on. You got one industry person on this call. Hold on, wait. We can't do that. It's like ninety something days. We we're gonna slow that down. It's like ninety something days to go. It's <laughs> I knew it was either seventy nine or ninety seven. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. Like I'm not we the slow person down. Who, really keeps track of that like it's funny how they start the countdown like right after and i've been to daytona i don't know six seven thousand times but i don't book my travel you know if somebody's comping me then they book it and and the few times that i've actually paid for my own travel i usually book like two weeks before but that's probably why i always have a hard time finding a hotel and i have to stay in orlando because it's last minute but yeah, I'm just not the person like who is like, okay, 97 days, 96 days, 90. No, just holler at me when it's February because I We're think- We're in off-season mode over here. Yeah, at <laughs> the end of the season, I'm over NASCAR 
and I don't get excited until February. So yeah. Well, on that note, good people, we are wrapping up the podcast. I do want to say one thing because this is not NASCAR related, but I just want to talk about something that you guys can all appreciate. And that's Thanksgiving. Did you guys see that poll on <laughs> on Twitter where they were asking people what the side order or what was the number one side in the state? And I just <laughs> yeah, got to ask the question that. to you guys, as well as the listeners, what the hell is a green bean casserole? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> over this way, we eat stuffing and not dressing because stuffing is the stuff that you stuff in the turkey okay and i saw it if i wait for those who don't know what i'm talking about it's actually on our twitter you can jump over to our twitter account at turns no breaks but thrillist did a and thrillist.com they did a poll asking people or polling people about the number one side dish for thanksgiving dinner in each state most people said mashed potatoes. Some people said green bean casserole, whatever the hell that is. Some people said stuffing. Then there was this debate about stuffing versus dressing. And some people, nobody said candy yams. Well, I guess, I don't know. Is that a, a ethnic thing, candy yams? Because I think I people must eat be yams. And Tammy, Kenny, I don't know about you guys, but uh, uh, I grew up uh, my entire life during Thanksgiving uh, having candied yams as a side dish every every single year. That I can't remember one year that I didn't have candied yams as a side dish. Yeah, we eat candy yams and stuffing over here, but I still don't know what a green bean casserole is and why would anybody make a casserole out of green beans? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you when I looked it up and and I saw Texas uh, and it said green bean casserole. Now I know what a green bean casserole is, and I don't even know if you know what a a broccoli casserole is. But it's kind of like that, other than than you're just using you're substituting broccoli with with green beans, except with maybe out all the cheese that's in it. It's it's actually very good. I've actually had it many many a times. I grew up on it as well. I was surprised to see that there was a lot of people who didn't really know what a green bean casserole was because I figured that, well, then growing up in Texas, you just figure everybody knows about the stuff you eat. But then you realize once you get out of there, <laughs> once you get, yeah, once, once you uh, venture the world <laughs> and you realize it's not flat, <laughs> you realize um, there's other things that people eat and uh, and don't know what, what you're talking about when it comes to things that you eat. Ironically, I think it was Louisiana. They voted for cornbread stuffing. And I was like, what is cornbread stuffing? Is that Stouffer's? I think you know, that's Stouffer's basically stuffing? the same thing. Yeah, I think it's like the same thing. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how it's made in my household. The way my mother makes stuffing is it's the Stouffer's mixed in with celery and turkey, but it's pulled and yeah. chicken broth and seasoning and a whole bunch of stuff. And it's hella good. It's got, it's, <laughs> it's super good. And then it's in the bird and then it's cooked in the bird. And then you take it out and you slice you a piece of turkey. But yeah, so I just thought that would be something fun to talk about. That's why I brought it up because it is our last podcast. Maybe I don't want to go and I'm just stalling. But so i tell you what we'll do. <laughs> I'll let you and Kenny go first and say your little outros of whatever you'd like to say. And then I'll finish it out with my own. And then I'll just end it with me on the outro since I normally always do an outro. So how, how about that? You guys want to do it that way? Is that okay? 
That's fine with me. So, okay. For all of you guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast this season. We hope that you enjoyed NASCAR. Your driver may not or may have one, but either way, we all love this sport. And yeah, going into 2021, because we are headed into 2021, I just want everyone to, you know what? In the great words of Rodney King, can we just all get along? That's it for me. Oh, that's it. All right. All right, Kenny. Short and sweet. <laughs> My turn now. Well, I got to say, we got through quite a quite a season. I mean, we even got a unusual break in our time, which was pretty crazy. We usually go 38 bloody weeks straight, and that's typically how it goes. But due to COVID, we had a little bit of a break in between, had some time off, I guess you could say, to ourselves. And then once we got back going... Well, we had a hell of a season. We had a lot happening this year, a lot more than I definitely expected because my intuition was 2021, new car. That was my thoughts, but we got ourselves a young champion, one of the most popular drivers, if not in the sport currently or in racing, one of them, right? So that's pretty cool, but I just got to say, you know, big big ups to Tam Renee. This is season number two full time, which is crazy to think, and I got to say, I'm glad to be able to work with y'all, hop on this podcast every week, give me a chance to talk every single week, keep my reps up, which is always helpful for myself. <laughs> and I just have a good time doing it. I'm glad for all my friends and family that have been able to listen to this podcast. And especially for those that don't really watch racing, they gave it a chance. I appreciate y'all a ton. Like that's, you know, that's big ups. To, that's big ups. It, it feels great to have that type of support from uh, my friends and family. So that's, you know, that's pretty dope. But yeah, looking forward to an off season. It's an off season. Got some work to do for myself personally, but of course, I'll give myself a little bit of a break. But yeah, again, just thanks to everybody listening. And man, hope y'all have a happy holidays and have a safe one with y'all families and enjoy yourselves, man. But this is your boy Front Row Kenny in 2020. I'm out. Right on. Right on, right on. Well said from both of my counterparts here on podcast. As it comes down to an end for all of us here and our listeners here for this season of NASCAR and for All Turns No Breaks, I would just like to say I can't begin to stress enough how much. And for all of our listeners that listen to our podcast, I want you to know and I want you to really understand what it's like to be here doing this podcast and relying on somebody like Tam who who takes the time and the effort to edit and put this podcast together. I can't stress enough what an amazing person she is, what an amazing soul she is to do this. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort on her part, considering she has so many things that she also does uh, in, in her own world. So uh, Tam, for me to you, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I don't ever want you to think that me or Kenny never appreciate that ourselves. Kenny, you, my friend, are also uh, just another wonderful human being that I've come across in my life that I've I've really appreciated over the, the little time that we've been doing the podcast together. And thank you for your insight, your knowledge, and your education of continuously educating me on the sport. As much as I even think that I know about the sport, you continue to educate me on things that I didn't even know that I didn't know. So thank you, my friend, for also enlightening me in this world of NASCAR. Uh, And I certainly thank you from the bottom of my heart, the both of you. 
Our fans, I want to thank you so much for listening to us, supporting us over and over again. Thank you for tuning in and helping getting our podcast out to other NASCAR fans, family, friends, or whatnot that love NASCAR just as much as we do. Like Tam always says, I'll reiterate it, this is a podcast for fans by fans, and we certainly do appreciate your uh, support as well. We got through this whole 2020, and it was wild and crazy, Kenny, like you said, but we got through it together. Together, we got through some difficult times together, even though that we, we came across some points where it, we knew it was going to be difficult doing some of the episodes during 2020 because of the things that were going on. But we got through it together, you guys, and we will continue to get through hardships together as well. Let's hope that 2020 brings us a better season and a better year and we'll have a wonderful holiday. Please enjoy your family, your friends, and all your other loved ones that you may see or may not see, whether it's on your cell phone, whether it's on Zoom on your computer, or you actually might see them in person. Enjoy their company and uh, hopefully we will see you again next year on All Turns No Breaks. From Tam, Kenny, and myself, please take care of each other, be kind to each other, and have a safe and wonderful holiday. And we will see you in 2021 for All Turns No Breaks and the Fabulous Three. Thank you very much. And we will see you next year. Goodbye. See y'all. Y'all be safe. I'm supposed to say bye-bye, but thank you, Renee, for the kind words. Kenny, thank you. Could not do this podcast without either one of you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 